94.7 Kumu Kokua. This is where every day we bring in one of Hawaii's leaders or experts to talk about the issues that you care about during the COVID-19 crisis and uh, here to answer your questions and uh, talk story with us about what's coming down the pike. And this morning on the phone, we are very honored to have Alan Oshima and he... Let me see if I can get the title right, because he has the most unusual title. He has been appointed by Governor David Ige as the Hawaii Economic and Community Recovery and Resiliency Navigator. <laughs> That's quite a title. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Um, <laughs> Did I get that? I got the title. This morning. Oh, yes, thank you. Did I get the title right? <laughs> yeah, kind of long, but we kind of shorten it internally to just ECN, Economic and Community Navigator. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I like as the, you say, that's a mouthful. It is. It is. I like the navigator part because I feel like you're like the Nainoa Thompson of economic uh, recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody can be Nainoa Thompson. <laughs> but that's but, what you got to yeah, do, Navigator though, right? was picked for yeah. a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not commander, not you know director, not czar, nothing of that. I mean, it really is trying to navigate through all the... You know, the icebergs and the logs in the ocean and, mm-hmm. and looking over the horizon to see uh, where we're going. Yeah. So in terms of economic recovery, I mean, there, for our listeners who are not acquainted with you, uh, they're going to hear your name more and more as time goes by because we are trying to get into an economic recovery mode. Can you just briefly explain to our listeners who you are and why the governor asked you to be the navigator for economic recovery and resiliency? Yeah, I think. I mean, I was called to the governor's office a little over a month ago on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Topic unknown. (laughs) Wow. You know, appeared and Uh he expressed the concerns about, you know, the pandemic and the worldwide effect it will have and that Hawaii will be especially hard hit, right, given our isolation and our dependence on out-of-state visitors uh, to buoy our economy not knowing how long it would last, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be sure that um, it was not only the economic recovery, but he recognized that there's going to be social recovery. Mm-hmm. And the impact on our families um, is going to be tough. And so he asked me whether I would serve, um, because I have a background in working community organizations uh, throughout my my life mm-hmm. and as well as in the business community having retired well not quite retired yet but from Hawaiian Electric yes um, as the last president CEO so I stepped down from that position in February and I was serving as an advisor to the company uh, through year-end because of things that continue to linger but you know what the pandemic uh, kind of cleared the slates um, for things that uh, I was still to do, actually. So uh, the governor asked if I would come in and help. Help. So I did. I, I quickly said yes. Oh, wow. wow. Awesome. I, I was imagining when you stepped down over there at HECO that you were thinking, okay, breathe a little bit. And then, yeah. boom, you're put right yeah, back on duty there. Yeah, sure is. I mean, all my friends uh, tell me I'm the worst uh, the worst retiree ever <laughs> because yeah. I've tried it a number of times and I just can't seem to stay. <laughs> 
That's what, uh, I, that's what I was right. thinking. Yeah, no, totally. We're uh, Devin and I were just talking off the air a few moments ago thinking you must have such a tightrope walk of a job because some people are like, open the economy right now. And some people are like, we're not ready yet. People are going to get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's such a tightrope to walk. And we're, can, you know, we, we wanted you to be on the show this morning to kind of help people understand what is this path that Hawaii right. is going to need to follow in order to, you know, get back to business, basically. And what stage are we in now, if you can kind of explain that? Yeah, thanks, Esme. Um, You know, I was trying to get to our website, and for some reason, Google sends me everywhere else, but (laughs) our website is uh, uh, recoverynavigator at Mm hawaii.gov. I I don't seem to get to it. If you can get to that, um, you will see the pathway and the planning framework as we move forward. Um, as well as a lot of segments on tips and connections to CARES funding, depending on who you are, what your interest is. Um, We're going to continue to populate that. There's also an email connection uh, point, and hundreds of people have already registered for that. Uh, As we develop the website, it will have a resource center uh, coming from 17 sectors in our community with thoughts, desires, obstacles, and then we're going to try to connect it up to p- potential solutions. But as we move forward, we want to connect up maybe sectors that don't normally speak to uh, each other as we move to the resilience phase. Well, let me get to your question. Mm-hmm. We're in stability right now, phase one. Um, if you were to liken this to an emergency uh, hospital patient, you know, you're, you're triaging. You're, you're stopping the bleeding. You're, you're trying to maintain the health of the uh, patient. Uh, we're trying to get through that as the pandemic numbers in Hawaii improve and stay pretty stable now for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, the governor then says, well, we can move into reopening selected businesses cautiously based upon the public health parameters. And you can move back if they start to change. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a reason for that, right? That, that is the driver, public health. Mm-hmm. We've done so well and our community has responded responsibly that we can start to relax a bit to help people start moving about, earning uh, a living, and helping businesses start to recover. But it will be done in phases, from low-risk businesses that don't have as much personal contact by necessity, um, and moving forward, you know, the governor said yesterday, restaurants are on the list, it's coming, uh, mm-hmm. but as, the, as we maintain the good health, and we have the ability to respond in case there are um, uh, upsurges, uh, we can continue to increase the number of businesses opening restaurants, hair salons, et cetera, are upcoming. Um, So that's the path, and that's the recovery path. Then when we're through the summer, let's say it continues to be okay, we get to what we call a level one, uh, where there's very minimal, it's stable, then you can almost get back to normal. But the new normal... As long as we don't have a vaccine um, and we cannot be assured that it's not going to recur, the Department of Health and other experts are saying, you know, the new normal is going to be, at least in Hawaii, wearing face masks, washing your hands all the time, and maintaining at least six feet uh, to unrelated people mm-hmm. uh, to not allow this to happen you know, over and over again. So that's the plan. And you can see the phases in the in the website I uh, 
referred you to, um, and there'll be more coming. I mean, in the next few days, in a week or so, mm-hmm. you're going to see the public health plan, how things move, and how things are expected to open up if we can maintain our accountability. This is a really cocko thing. People have to accept personal responsibility to keep the community moving. Yeah, got it, cool. got it. How many, you know, you were talking about how this is going to be happening in phases. I, the, I think the question that a lot of people have is just, you know, on the ground is like, how many waves of businesses can we expect and how long is it going to take and who's going to be in each of these waves of businesses? Um, can you help us understand some of that? Sure. It's really based upon um, the ability. There, there's so many reports out there, right? Johns Hopkins has a list mm-hmm. and how yeah. you judge the ability to social distance as you open up businesses, uh, low risk, medium risk, high risk. You get to the high risk category, um, you know, gyms. I mean, frankly, I, I believe churches are in the high risk category mm. because the, the when you put a lot of people into a small space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what the virus likes. Mm-hmm. You know, but with social distancing, you know, even churches are adapting. So, you know, there may be practices that make it safer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have as many people in the room. So, and a lot of churches are doing, you know, online services now, too. So it's, um, but, but that's what it's based upon, the ability of the containment uh, of uh, people in a small space or large space close together, so big events, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We're going to get better. I mean, society is adapting. You've already seen some of the major sports talking about, uh, I, I think it was the uh, Dolphins, uh, talking about opening up football, uh, but maybe instead of 65,000 to 100,000, they might have 15,000 because they're all socially distanced in the stands. Mm-hmm. We're going to see some of that over here too, you think? Well, we talked to our, um, we had conversations with our attractions, for example. Uh, once tourism reopens, how will the, what tourists go to, how will that uh, work? And, you know, our attractions have visitor centers, they have events. Um, maybe a 2,000 seat amphitheater could could be modified just by social distancing to 700, for example. So mm-hmm. you can maintain the health per, uh, parameters using the existing facility, but using it differently. I, I will say that in our discussions with various sectors, everybody's on it. They're on it. They don't want to sacrifice public health. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for ways to stay in business, provide an experience that is enjoyable, but maintain public health. Mm-hmm. Now, Luau's going to look really different now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sitting at that long right. table and everybody digging into the same dish. I don't know if that's going to be happening anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it's it, still going to see them, seem the same to the Kaloa pig, <laughs> that's, that's That's what we hope. Hey, um, yeah. Alan, you know, well, one of the things I wanted to ask, too, is uh, regarding your team, like, you, how did you go about assembling the people who are helping you sort of put this together? Because... You know, when I think about it, I'm like, man, one guy trying to pull all this stuff together just sounds like a a, a job hey, that's superhuman. Yeah, Devin, great question. We're kind of a we're a startup, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, need for speed, need to be nimble, need to get something done. So um, there's really only two of us. Uh, oh. Wow. <laughs> you and who? Denise Matsubara. Okay. She's the interim head of uh, HHFDC, so she's doing that job, plus serving as deputy navigator. 
uh, because she knows state government. I'm from outside on loan to state government. Mm -hmm. So we combination we need both inside and outside mm. and she's doing a wonderful job um but we kind of laugh every day that we, we make big body but we kind of skinny you know <laughs> and and we're virtual so we've enlisted volunteers so hawaii institute for public affairs right now is helping us and their board um is jumping in, giving us suggestions, connecting us up with various sectors. Other volunteers are doing the same. Uh, Linda Chu Takayama, the governor's chief of staff, mm -hmm. has reached out to every department to have every department uh, appoint someone who would be working with the navigator so that when we need to uh, connect up outside to inside or inside inside, um, people are designated. So we're, we're starting that process as we speak. And um, we'll start building up a, a core, but right now to get started fast, we had to had to enlist outside services. So when you get to our website, you will see we stood that up in one week or ten days. Then mm -hmm. uh, it'll start getting bigger and bigger and more robust. So that's with outside consultants doing that for us. They are also helping Haima. Haima has command control. This is a disaster. So Haima is in charge, and they report to the governor, um, and we are there to just assist them during this phase. So, for example, as businesses are selected to reopen by the governor, uh, driven by the public health expertise at Haima and by public-private partnerships, um, you know, our consultants were asked, for example, can you, uh, can you get more specific playbooks for each of the sectors? So they're doing that now. They're, mm. they're playbooks being established, and we will post them on our website so people can see, even if they're in draft form, yeah. so people can see that it's being worked. Mm. And in a few days, with consultation, et cetera, this is what it's going to be. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We are talking story with Alan Oshima, and he is the the navigator, <laughs> the navigator for uh, Hawaii's uh, economic recovery and resiliency. I, I'm paraphrasing the title because it's super long. <laughs> but uh, we're, you know, we're in the middle of this interesting conversation about what various industries in Hawaii are going to look like in the age of COVID-19 as we gradually reopen. How is that being determined? Because what you know, the retail stores are going to look like is going to be totally different from what hair salons are going to look like, going to look totally different from what concerts look like. And how right. is that being discussed right now? Like, how are you guys coming to decisions on that? Yeah, so Haima and the, the, um, the command on disaster recovery are working with public health officials and then uh, the House COVID-19 Committee, uh, Scott Psyche and Peter Ho, have brought in uh, health experts from the community, Dr. Mark Mukaishi from HMSA, Ray Vera from Hawaii Pacific Health, um, you know, Queens Hospital, you name it. And they've come up with a very similar uh, layout for uh, judging when, when it's safe to uh, go outside again in various phases. And that's being finalized hopefully this week. Um, but so that drives that drives the decisions as to which businesses can open uh, safely. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk to the businesses, uh, 
and that's our kind of our role. We're not we're not in the command um, for getting out of the stabilization. We're assisting Haima in connecting up with the community. So uh, our consultants are drafting playbooks for each of the business sectors. We, we've talked to the retail merchants. We've talked to the uh, restaurants. Um, and we've talked to nonprofits. We're going to keep talking to childcare. Uh, Representative Linda Ichiyama is heading our sector on childcare, for example. Um, what we do is we listen to what they're already doing with some of their national best practices, their associations, and then we see what needs localization. Um, so, for example, on retail merchants, right, in, in Honolulu, ban on plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Um, retail merchants have identified that they don't want, as a best practice, to have people bring in their own shopping bags because they're contaminant. Oh, um, right. And, mm-hmm. and and the disinfection of the store, the disinfection of the uh, shopping carts, etc., for the employees' protection as well, not only the customers. So then the question is, well, uh, what kinds of bags are we going to offer customers uh, at checkout, mm-hmm. right? So they're working with the governor's office on on those matters. So it's a localized thing because not every state, jurisdiction, county has that ban on plastic bags, for example. Mm -hmm. We're connecting. And we're doing the same thing with the restaurants uh, who are way ahead of the curve. They're they're already planning, but we've connected them up with our consultants to to come up with nationwide best practices to make sure that we're not missing anything. Mm -hmm. So playbooks are being established for local businesses as they fit within the umbrella guidelines uh, for reopening, they can have more specificity to fit their needs. Okay. And as you were saying earlier, did I did I understand correctly, even as these playbooks are being drafted in draft form, they're already going to be posted online so that the community can take a look at them and give feedback, I guess? Yeah, that's under consideration because okay. again, okay. we don't want to get we don't want to um, we don't want to get ahead of Haima, right? Sure, We're here sure. to assist, and we don't want to confuse, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. right? Because this is such a very uh, stressful time. And one thing about Hawaii, the community has responded uh, like we expected. Everybody is putting the community ahead of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. People are wearing masks. They're, they're socially distancing. They're giving up things. Um and so we don't want to add to any confusion on messaging or expectations. Uh, so, but yes, that is totally under consideration so that people can see mm-hmm. and businesses can see. Yeah, yeah. How many how many waves of businesses? Like, I, I feel like now we're kind of gaining some momentum here. We had that announcement last week about some businesses opening. Uh, the governor signed is you know signing the proclamation for the, the seventh proclamation now uh, to uh, regarding reopening in the first wave. And so, are we going to be now seeing as weeks go by uh, increasing waves, like maybe weekly or every other week or so? Yeah, I. I won't give the time frames, but I think the governor himself in his uh, press release yesterday mm-hmm. said, you know, restaurants, um, maybe inter-island travel, et cetera, will start to relax mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as long as we as long as we maintain, right, right. The public health. Uh, everybody's got to be concerned about this. As long as we stay in the sector we're in, the level we're in, or get better, these things can be relaxed. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. How about tourism? So, so much you know, conversation is about when will tourism restart and um, what is it going to take? What is it going to look like in the age of COVID-19? I think there's been some conversation about uh, marketing Hawaii as the healthiest place on earth. How, how do we make that a reality? And is there agreement across the industries that that is the thing we should shoot for? From the conversations we've had with the uh, hotels, um, the attractions, and uh, airlines, mm-hmm. there's unanimity in that. Oh, cool. And what's interesting is despite their economic interests, they're looking out for the long-term economic interest as, as well as Hawaii and their employees. I, I'm really, really impressed. Um, so it's do it cautiously, do it responsi- responsibly, show the world that we are careful that we are responsible, not only for them, but for our own people, right? We cannot, we cannot open and not take care of our employees. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a very, there's, there's un, unanimity among those sectors to do it that way. Uh, that having been said, at some point we do have to do it because it's 30% of our gross domestic product. Uh, and so we can only do it if there's the, if there's the backstop of good public health measures mm-hmm. that people trust, right? Yeah. We're never going to be coronavirus free. It's going to be like the flu. Um, so we have to expect there will be instances. What we have to be clear about is that the public can rest assured that we have hospital capacity, testing capacity, uh, contact tracing capacity to identify and squelch any any new cases mm-hmm. so that it doesn't spread. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I think uh, gives us the ability to reopen safely. Mm, okay, okay. So how long are we talking about here? Like what, y- your best guess about when tourism will open up? Well, I, I think the industry itself has already said it's not going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a ramp-up time. Uh, there's new procedures going to be in place in hotels, new procedures in the attractions, absolutely new procedures in the airlines and at the airports. This takes a lot of ramp-up time to make sure they're all coordinated. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I think aspirationally, people think that maybe some domestic travel might be reinstituted. Uh, interstate, uh, end of the month or sometime in June. Uh, But, you know, a lot of this depends upon other factors. So when we talk to the airlines, for example, they are really on it about how they're going to try to disinfect. They're already disinfecting, making their uh, counters, check-ins, et cetera. My question is, what is TSA going to do? And that's not in their wheelhouse. That's Homeland Security. So you're going to have to see a continuum of agencies weighing in on how the how this is to emerge, right? The whole thing about making Hawaii then the healthiest place on earth, what will that actually look like? Like so then when tourists are are actually able to come in, like walk me through what what will they experience as they come in now? Like they they make a reservation, they're going to have to show proof that they're COVID-19 free, they're going to get tested when they come in. What does that look like? Why not? Yeah. So again, there's constitutional issues on how far Hawaii can impose itself, ah, but mm-hmm. um, that's all being looked at by the attorney general and everyone. Um, 
But uh, there's some interesting ways that this might happen. So, for example, the governor imposed the 14-day quarantine requirement because once the visitor steps into Hawaii, they're subject to Hawaii law. When they're on the plane coming to Hawaii, that's um, domestic travel, that's federal, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what can be required, et cetera, um, but I saw in today's paper, I think, somebody said, well, maybe maybe it could be if you come in with a certificate of clean health, then you don't get imposed. You don't have to comply with the 14-day. I don't know if that's being looked at. So there's various ways to address it. Um, and at some point, when the when when the whole nation is a pandemic uh, free or minimized, and the world is, then people will relax, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have a totally uh, free, but you have the capacity to address it, and it won't spread. That's the key. Okay. Okay. Cool. Got it. Got it. Okay. So right now, just to just to uh, uh, catch our listeners up. So we, uh, earlier we were talking about three phases of bringing Hawaii's economy back. So stabilization, as you talked about earlier. Right now, we seem to be in the kind of the recovery reopening phase. And right. Then, so starting reopening, and yes. this is all you know, the Haima Command. Mm-hmm. And- command yeah yeah and then so but you mr oshima are on for the long haul because you also are supposed to oversee the resiliency part of this plan that's that's phase three right what um what are you envisioning for that what does resiliency mean for hawaii because does does resiliency mean we gotta i i don't know i've heard some things thrown around about does resiliency mean we got to diversify Hawaii's economy more so it's not so dependent on tourism so that we can bounce back faster if something like this happens again. Does it mean diversified crops? Does it mean ecotourism? Like, what does being resilient as an economy mean? All of the above. Ah. Um, and I think even the tourist industry, in their master planning, recognize that there's changes mm-hmm. uh, on rebranding Hawaii. Um, you know, we're now at about 10 million visitors a year. Mm-hmm. Is that... Our, our safe carrying capacity for the state in terms of culture, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of environment, these can all be discussed now. Um, but then as I listened to some of the discussions, I was listening to Hawaii Farm Bureau the other day, and they were asked how much of your, and everybody's in favor of diversified ag. We want to support our farmers. The question was how much of your revenues come from tourist-related business? And I think I heard correctly, it was 40 to 50%. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you can support small farmers, but they have to have a market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is interconnected. We are a terrarium, right? Mm-hmm. People can't drive over the state line. You know, if you're in Oregon or Washington, you may go shopping in one state or the other. We are a terrarium. And so we have to understand the interconnectivity of our economic sectors. It's not black and white. But that's hopefully what the discussion will um, start. I I think we all kind of, you know, when I heard that, I said, gee, I should have realized that, but I never thought of it. So we want all of that data. We want data to drive the discussion, not just feelings, Mm -hmm. so that we can come to a conclusion that everyone can live with. And, you know, it's got to be some compromises. It has to be. Alan, what are some of the unique things about Hawaii that you feel will help us get through this um, economically? Um, 
there's some data kinds of things that are unique, right? We're the most isolated populated landmass in the world. Mm-hmm. That gives us that gives us isolation that used to be bad, but in, in the case of pandemic, it gives us opportunities that are good, right? Mm-hmm. We can shut down the state from incoming. But by the way, you know, if you look at the numbers, a, a lot of the the virus instances were returning residents that got infected elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because we as a people, we, we like to we like to socialize. <laughs> you bring the omiyage back from wherever, you know, the beef jerky from Vegas, and then you pass them out to all your friends and family, and you're, you know. So that's just our culture. So we have to be clear about what the vectors are mm. uh, so, and, 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 so that we can create uh, platforms to address these things. Mm-hmm. That, and that's why I say that our unique social or geographic isolation is a plus now. And now with, uh, with communications connectivity, we're not as hampered by the geographic isolation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we really have to beef up our ability to connect up with the rest of the world and within Hawaii. So there can't be pockets within Hawaii that don't have access to broadband connectivity for telehealth, telemedicine, teleeducation, telebusiness. Mm. That's going to be one of the things we really have to discuss as we diversify our economy. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, Alan, was there anything? This has really been helpful because now we kind of understand where we are in this whole reopening process. Again, stabilization to reopening and recovery to looking to the future with resilience. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to understand about this process and also where they might be able to get involved in that conversation? Yeah, we're going to as you go to our website, you'll see virtual meetings, community forums. That's all coming up, right? Because mm-hmm. we still don't have the fully developed e-platform. By the way, we have to do an e-platform. Because we don't know how much longer we're not going to be able to gather in groups of more than 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I mean, so we're planning for the future so that we can do it virtually. Um, and so we, this, this, this web-based uh, ability will have a resource center where we'll put things like, um, you know, what are the latest numbers of calls to the 211 line that AUW has provided? Mm-hmm. You know, and how has that shifted from the past? Where, where are the hotspots now? Is it really just housing assistance versus food assistance? You know, so people can see what's actually happening rather than just kind of figuring it out on their own. Mm-hmm. But that will help the discussion. And things like, you know, how the economy, GDP by sector, how, what are the interconnectivities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, um, not so distant, our biggest export by air cargo, as I recall, was fresh pine. Oh, hmm. wow, that's <laughs> changed, yeah. We brought in stuff to Hawaii that we consume, but we actually filled up the cargo hold with fresh pine going off. Wow. And now we don't have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there opportunities for something, specialty items from Hawaii to fill up the cargo holds, which also increases airline efficiency? Right, right. right. So these are the things I really want this discussion to get more fulsome, and we will do these virtual meetings as we move on. Okay, and that's so you where you got to get out of this yeah. phase first. You got to keep your eye on the ball, <laughs> right? Recovery. Mm-hmm. 
with the reopening, right? Help the governor, help the mayors, help, um, and just, but stay in our swim lane, right? Mm -hmm. We are not the recovery magician. We're the recovery navigator who can assist through this process. And then when we get to the phase where we're talking about the future, Mm -hmm. that's where the navigator really, um, you know, has more, uh, a bigger role. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then that seems like then uh, this won't be our last conversation with you. <laughs> we'll want to stay in touch with you as uh, we move gradually, eventually, from this recovery phase that we're in now into resiliency and, and that conversation. So for now, at least I guess for now, thank you so much. Alan Oshima, the uh, navigator. Yes, absolutely. The navigator for the Hawaii Economic and Community Recovery and Resiliency Effort. Uh, thank you so much for being with us here on Kumukukua. My my pleasure. My pleasure. Stay safe.